of selling, uh, primarily choosing real estate at that point, which was a very uh, high-end item for a 19-year-old. And I didn't do well when I started. Now, granted, today I'm blessed to hold a record for the most number of home sales that have ever been made, but that wasn't true in the beginning. I only made one sale in the first six months. And that's not really true. I did not make the sale. I was the only one in the office. <laughs> a couple came in and the, the husband said, we saw a home with your sign on it and we want to buy it. And luckily he knew how to fill out my forms. People say to me, what happened, Tom, to change you from a 19-year-old kid that didn't know what he was doing? I did what you folks are doing today. I did what you watching this program are doing. I invested in my education. I spent the last $150 I had to go to a seminar, and the man teaching it, I can honestly say, all these years later, had a life-changing effect on my life. And that can happen to you when you go to a program with your mind open and you listen carefully, intently. You do your very best to take the pearls, those certain things that are said that can change your life if you apply them. And that is the real key. The application of what is being covered in these programs. Taking it, applying it, and having the changes take place. So I decided in putting this program together that I wanted to share with you some things about selling that most people don't talk about. See, because most people think the word selling and they go, well, they got to be great talkers. There's three things I think you have to have first. And I'll ask all of you here, how many of you believe in your product? Let me see your hands. How many of you believe that you yourself would buy it? Oh boy, you better. How many of you are enthusiastic about the profession of selling? Great. Now I want to start off by saying you got to believe in what you do. I've had people on talk shows say, Tom, I'm thinking of going into sales. Where can I make the most money? And I go, that's not how you look at finding a profession called selling. You need to find something you love. In fact, it has to even go more than a love. I think you have to have a passion for what you do. You have to be passionate, where you're so excited to help people get involved in your product, where you just love what you do. Now that, they can't say no to, and never ever forget this. People will say yes more to your belief, your conviction, than they will your technical skills. So the first key is you gotta buy what you sell if you're gonna have true integrity. I've had people say to me, Tom, I've read your books, I've heard your tapes, I bet you can sell anything. And I say, no, I couldn't. I could not sell something I did not totally believe was good for the consumer after they owned it. And that's the key to professionalism. You have to say, looking across that table, looking across that desk, I know these people are qualified, I know they will be happy, I know they will enjoy this wonderful opportunity I'm offering them. Your belief is absolutely critical. Most people that gravitate into the field of sales are good talkers. 
Oh, they can talk. Boy, can they talk. But I totally believe you have to start with three things first. The first thing you have to have before you start telling people what they should buy is you got to find the product that you so believe in that you're excited about. The second thing you need to do, number two, you need to find qualified people to sell and then, of course, professionally sell those people you find. Those are the two steps. You got to find them people that are qualified, then have the skill to professionally lead them to the decision of saying yes. The third thing you need is you have to help people make decisions that are good for them. Now you'll hear that again later on because I want you not to miss the words good for them. That's where your strength comes from. I think you've got to look at a person and say, you're going to thank me in the years ahead because what I'm doing for you is good for you. And that's where your strength comes from. So let's start on some of these questions. First of all, there's a basic truth that we all have to live by in the field of sales. And don't miss this now. If I say it, they tend to doubt it. If they say it, it's true. So the key is to take any statement of fact and see how you can turn it into a question. Now I teach basically 40 questions. I'm going to give you the ones that I feel you can take right today, start applying in all areas of your life. Now the first question is actually titled a tie down. A tie down. Now the tie down is defined as a question at the end of a sentence that demands a yes response. In other words, it's a way of getting yeses, isn't it? That was one, wasn't it? I did it again, didn't I? You're catching on, aren't you? They're kind of fun, aren't they? You can make this a speech habit with practice, can't you? Because you do want to get more yeses, don't you? Now, I'd like all of you to now join me. I'm going to say a statement. I'd like you to add the tie-down that's applicable and give me a nice nod. Ready? Investing in a quality product makes sense, doesn't it? Gosh, they've got to say yes to that. They won't say, oh, no, we're looking for something that just breaks all the time. Haven't you got a real rotten product to talk to me about? No, they'll say yes to that. So that's the tie-down. Now have fun with that. Don't overuse it, though. See, some people go, boy, I love that, isn't it, doesn't it, wasn't it, couldn't it, wouldn't it, shouldn't it, can't you, won't you, don't you, I love that thing. But then they overuse it, and now you're getting pushy. Here's a general rule for you in sales. For every hour presentation, use no more than two tie-downs in the presentation. That would be your maximum, or you're moving from giving them a good opportunity to say yes to getting pushy and controlling, and people don't want that today. All right? Our next question technique is one of my very favorites, and it's actually called the alternate of choice. Now, the alternate of choice, the definition is this. It's a question with two answers. Either answer they choose is a minor agreement leading towards the major decision. So you're always trying to give them two questions. 
two questions, you say. And, and of course, the, the key to this thing is they must know the answers. This is very important. And the answers must confirm the fact they're going ahead. Now, let me give you the best uses of it. It can be time you meet someone. See, if you say to many people in business, when can we get together? Now, you that are in sales, you're the last person they may want to meet. And they'll stall you. Oh, call me next week. Call me next month. That's why you want to smile and just, just say this nice question to them. Just look at them and use their name. John, I'm available to meet with you today at 3 or would tomorrow at 9 be better? Now they can't say yes or no. Take a 3, take a 9. Either way, I'm going to meet with you. You can use them on location. Would you like to come to my facility or should I visit you at your home? They can't say yes or no. Take a choice, home or office. They're wonderful. Have fun with these two. I'd love you to just say, I'm going to take these and teach them to my kids. My three children knew all the questions before they were 10 years of age. And they are different today. I can remember my little eight-year-old daughter, Tasha. Now, most eight-year-olds, when they go to the market with dad, they would say, dad, can I have an ice cream? Not Tasha. She'd say, Dad, which would you prefer I have today? A fudgesicle or a popsicle? <laughs> Either way, she gets her ice cream, right? So you can really have fun with this. You can use it with your, your spouse. You know, you, if you want to go out to dinner, you know what you have in the house. You just smile and say, what would you like tonight, hon? Chinese or Italian food?